0: Hello and welcome to the After Sermon podcast, where we look at a Bible topic, character or concept. And today we're looking at the topic of struggling for your relationship with God as we study the sermon, fighting face to face. A lot of the time people will stop fighting because it's easier
1: to fall for the allure of the flesh and the eyes and the pride of life. You can have that no matter where you come from. You can have that relationship because You just gotta have your eyes open to who he is.
2: The beauty on the outside fades, but for a Christian who is developing inwardly, you're blossoming like a flower. You
0: can trust God because he's literally the one person who is never going to do anything to abuse your trust. Hi, my name is Christopher, and ladies and gentlemen, you are in for quite the treat, because today we have two very esteemed guests with us. We have Mr. Mitchell Sunter. Hey, you guys. And Mr. Jesse Marks.
2: Hello, everyone.
0: Now, gents, uh, I'm putting you on the spot here, this isn't the script, but all right. Uh, sure. for the listeners back at home, you would all be familiar with the fact that the Mighty Warriors website is now officially uh, up and running, yeah. and uh, I want to get uh, your thoughts and impressions on how, how you like it, how, it's, how you think it's been going so far, what do you think, boys?
1: I think it's really cool, I've been um, mm. reading through some of the the articles and stuff, and there's some stuff in there that I didn't even know, so yeah that's great like even you know just reading through it myself I've been learning a lot of cool stuff so awesome
2: I have to be honest I do have some inside information so I I think (laughs) it's going quite well (laughs) and no I think it's wonderful it looks really good great articles so no I think it's off to a great start
0: awesome well listeners at home make sure to check out that Mighty Warrior Ministries you can find it at mighty-warrior.org that is mighty-warrior.org And you can get a range of things. You can get access to all of our sermons and podcasts all in one neat place. You can get articles on heaps of different topics. Uh, As of this recording, we just put out a new article. I'm not going to say which one so this doesn't (laughs) get dated really badly. But we put out a new article today. uh, And we put out a whole bunch of different articles. We've even got like a Bible study series on there. Uh, A series of six studies that take you through the kind of story of the Bible in a nutshell. So... Oh, make sure to check that out. Do yourself a favor and check out Mighty Warrior Ministries for for Pete's sake. Just do it. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, let's get into our personal takeaways. And I'm interested um, first to hear from you, Jesse. What was one personal takeaway? What was something that uh, really resonated with you in this sermon?
2: Yeah, I, I personally, I think you did a really good job. Um, it, As you said, like, yeah, looking at the story, it's, yeah, wonder like how do you get an application from this story but mm. no you really hit it on the mark i love how our relationship with god is like a struggle because it mm. really is isn't it it's um yeah i don't know just one thought i had it did isn't something you specifically said but now nah, the thought came to mind when you're in a struggle um you have to be close you have to be intimate with that person yeah you can't have a struggle and be distant as you said. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> i thought it was really good just Struggling with God, the intimacy with God, and sure, it, it can be hard sometimes. I think that's something we have to acknowledge about the Christian journey. Sure, mm. it can be hard, but at the same time, you're, you're wrestling it out with God. He's yeah. there with you. He's there giving you the strength to push through the journey. And um, yeah, and I, I yeah, I thought it was really good.
0: Awesome. Yeah, I love the fact that the person who sustains you through the fight. Is also the one yeah. that you're fighting against. <laughs> or fighting with, rather, I should say, as opposed to against. But it's, a, yeah, it's such an interesting concept. Mm. What about you, Mitchell? What was a personal takeaway that you got?
1: Well, yeah, like with the, the whole concept of wrestling with God, like as Jacob did, and then comparing that to our walk today, it's something that I hadn't really thought through before. It's like, yeah, you know, we've, we've thought, maybe thought about it a little bit and we've heard about it from pastors and stuff, but, but really understanding that it is a mirror of our walk with God. And, you know, what's involved in our walk with God. And the other cool thing that you did was um, you're talking about, you know, personalities and and friendships and reasons for, you know, distancing yourself from people or or reasons that friendships break down. Um, And it's like, it was really cool to see that because it's really important to look at yourself and sort of consider the reasons why you do things. Mm. Don't just do things and, you know, just do them for no reason and just act on a whim. But, like, think about the reasons behind actions. And, um, yeah, and that's sort of what Jacob had to do. Like, he wrestled, so he had to have some sort of drive to, to keep doing that, right? Mm. Mm.
0: And it's interesting how
1: much was going on
0: inside his mind as he was fighting a physical battle. Yeah. Mm. It was taking place on uh, two levels, the physical and then you could say the mental and also the spiritual. spiritual, you know, spiritual battle. Mm. Um, well, uh, I'm, I'm going to ask a bit more of a personal question. Feel free to uh, pass this one up and I'll answer first. Uh, And the question is, of the three uh, reasons given uh, as to why people push themselves away from God or uh, stop fighting with God, what would be the one which you feel that you relate to the most? And so uh, just for a quick recap for our listeners at home, uh, the three main reasons were uh, feeling of unworthiness, fear, or boredom. And so for me, I know that... uh, I find a lot of the time in my personal relationships with, say, friends and family, fear is the one that drives me the most. Mm. Uh, There's always that sense of you don't want to lose something valuable. But I think uh, when it comes to God, sometimes uh, I will fall more often into the trap of boredom uh, purely because it's very easy as humans to get caught in routines, Mm. and Mm. we can find routines really drab. And as opposed to adding something new or dynamic, or as opposed to fighting to dis- rediscover that first love, really the easy option really is just to give up. And so um, I know, like yeah, for example, sometimes it's difficult to get that motivation in the morning to do your devotions because why you begin to think of the devotions as a routine, not as having a, not as an opportunity to connect with someone that you're in a loving relationship with. Hmm. Um, so I know that for me uh struggling to fight against the boredom of routine is uh one that uh, I personally related to the most. Um, yeah, are you guys uh happy to say anything or <laughs>
2: <laughs> Yeah I, sure. Oh you go you go, Mitch.
1: Um so for me it's I actually feel the unworthiness bit for friends and, and stuff like that. And it's like I'm I'm gonna say it's not a s it's not an unselfish unworthiness. It's like I wish mm. that I could, you know, Keep hanging out with people. It's just I feel like, um, you know, people look at me and they see characteristics that aren't good enough, and see characteristics that need improving or or that you know are less than them. And so that's that's what drives me away. It's like, I don't want to, I don't want to push people to spend time with someone that isn't good enough. And so that's why I I distance myself. Mm. And with God, it's sometimes that. um, It's like you know when you go wrong when when you're walking with God and then you stumble. Sometimes it's like feeling of unworthiness, it's like, I oh mean, I don't like,
0: hmm.
1: first off, you've got, first off, like David does, you've got to bring that to God, right? Mm-hmm. You've got to bring it to God in prayer and explain to him what's gone wrong and, and through that he can help you, right? But sometimes I don't do that because I'm like, I don't want to, you know, put this on God or, or mm-hmm. rather it's just, you know, I, I don't want to have to tell God that I've sinned again. Mm-hmm. Um, and so maybe that's a fear thing. Um, yeah, I don't know probably a bit of a mix.
0: Yeah, it it can be a bit of a mix because um, sometimes we can have the fear of maybe not losing God but of failing Him or Mm -hmm. like disappointing Him. So sometimes that feeling of unworthiness and feeling of fear can overlap and cross over a little bit. Mm -hmm. What about you, Jesse? Um, What are those three do you think you related to the most?
2: Sure. I definitely think it's a mix. I think you've nailed that. Those three things are really big reasons. But um, Mm -hmm. I think I would have to side more with Mitch. I think unworthiness. Like um, I remember what you said, quoting an Ellen White text, how um, Satan brought those feelings of guilt and shame into Jacob while he was wrestling God. Yeah. I I think that can be a real uh, trap we can fall into. Yes, in a sense that we are unworthy, but I think the devil really plays on that and he really puts those thoughts into our heads like, uh, Jesse, you can't can't go visit God. Look at all these bad things you've done. And he, Mm. he points them out and he brings them to your remembrance, but yeah. But yeah, that, that unworthiness, I think Ellen White also says, another author says something along the lines of this, that unworthiness is a very, um, I don't know, it's, it's almost like a, ah, what's the word I'm looking for? It's, it's another reason why we should be coming to God even more, as in, yep. because of our weakness, it's an extra argument for God actually stepping in and helping us. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Which exactly. is like, yeah, if you think about it like that, yeah, it's like, it's- Wow.
1: It's like a it's a it's like a it can go either way sort of situation, right? Like you're at a crossroads. Either mm. you you say I'm unworthy, I can't go to God, or you say I'm unworthy, I have to go to God. Mm. And like that decision is huge because um, if you go to God, it's such an awesome opportunity to once again be shown God's love for you. Mm. Like this huge, great being is still he still loves you like as much as he did before,
2: mm.
1: and and like that's such an awesome opportunity to. Rekindle your faith and be strengthened again, or or you go the other direction and like you know forget the promises of God in the Bible, and you can just go down a dark road, you know. Exactly. And go further and further away.
2: And like something else, I try and think about more, but I often forget is that God knows us for who we are right now. He yeah. knows everything about us, so there's no point fearing what God might think of us if we confess a sin here or there. Here, <laughs> yeah. <didn't know> <laughs> yeah. sorry, yeah, keep going. <laughs> Oh, yeah, and he loves us anyway. So, yeah, yeah go, Grace.
0: Yeah, I, I was going to say, it's a little bit like Adam and Eve, you know, um, when they're hiding from God because uh, then they realize they're naked, right? And then mm. God asks them, Adam, where are you hiding? Now, obviously, God <laughs> God knew where yeah. they were hiding, but he wanted yeah. Adam to confess it. He wanted Adam to be the one mm, to yeah, come up and admit exactly. it. Don't so, know. Because he wants a relationship. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. And so And so, yeah, In as you said, Jesse, it's not like when we come up to God and go, but I did this, he's going to go, what? Like, no, he's yeah. not going to be surprised. He's going to be like, yeah, I knew that. I was just waiting for you to it, come to me. He'll be
1: sipping his tea and then just spit it all <laughs> over.
0: <laughs> what? I didn't yeah. know that. Gabriel, get over here. <laughs> How did I miss this?
1: <laughs> nah, but I, yeah, just to be clear, guys, he won't do that. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. He, he knows, but he wants you to come to him because again, mm. this is like a relational thing that God is uh, looking after. Hmm. Awesome. Well, let's move into the main meat of the podcast, The Cutting Room Floor. Mitchell, what is The Cutting Room Floor?
1: Cutting Room Floor is the segment where we discuss the parts of the sermon that didn't make it into the final product, and we discuss them at length.
0: (laughs) All right, well, what I want to talk about, first of all, Jesse, I I told the story about the minions in this sermon. Ah, yes. And, uh... Beautiful would, story. Would you care to tell us who was the mastermind behind this uh, this prank? <laughs> the
2: the mastermind, uh, like uh, one mind, <laughs> one mind could not come up with the brilliance of this prank. Uh, I just look at him. He's, he's always so the, shy, so humble. This, so <laughs> humble. <laughs> <laughs> All
0: right. I I want you uh, for the listeners at home. Um, again, if you haven't seen uh, the sermon fighting face to face, go to the link below. Um, I forgot to mention, this podcast is full of spoilers. Oh, we forgot that Mm, part. True. Make sure to check it out, and you can hear the story of the minions, but basically, my room got covered in minions, Uh, and you can find a picture of it if you go and watch the sermon. And uh, Jesse and uh, a lot of my college friends were the ones behind this, so Jesse, Mm. uh, for our listeners at home, would you mind recounting how this prank began, and... How you, what steps you went to go through it. And uh, yeah, give us a little insight into the other side of the minion story.
2: Behind the scenes. Okay. Um, well, let's see. It all it all started when one of our uh, college friends invited me into his room. And he said, hey, hey, Kate, come in, Jesse. I've got something to show you. And so I went went in and he started looking at his laptop. And he had this cover of a, a bed cover with a Minion <laughs> on it. A huge Minion on it. And he's like, oh, I don't know, Jess. I'm really tempted to buy it <laughs> <laughs> and put it on Chris's bed somehow. I was like, oh boy, <laughs> <Man>. <laughs> let's do it. Let's do it. So, um, yeah, it started from there and then it, I don't know, we just kept talking about it and talking about it and it just kept escalating and escalating. I don't know, we, we were walking around the room and I was like, oh, it wouldn't be a pretty good idea if we could just got little minions and we hid them all around Chris's <laughs> room. So, <laughs> If I don't know, if he wanted a sock one day, he would open up his sock drawer. Oh, minion, there it I is. I was and, I was
0: still finding minions, like, two weeks <laughs> later. I kid you not. Like, there was ones tucked in really obscure corners that, like, Jesse had to tell me. He's like, I don't think you found all the minions yet. So I had to go <laughs> looking for them.
2: Yeah. So, yeah. So that was that was the plan of it. And then, um, yeah, we just sort of figured out how do we actually get these minions into Chris's room without him knowing. And so... <laughs> We had to let a few people know. We told a few people to get cameras so we can get the the recording, the live moment, the reaction. So we got that set up and then we got actually waited for the, the sheet to come in and we cut up all the minions and we just had to write, wait for the right time when Chris was away. So um, we had a double period, if you remember, at one time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We thought, I think yeah, we- philosophy
0: and we just done a quiz. Yeah.
2: Yep. <laughs> so we're like no Chris is not going to expect anything so and we've got two periods to get this out of the way so I, I was sort of like a guard duty I was making sure that you would stay in class and I would if you left early for some whatever reason I would let them know and then while that was happening our mates back at college were setting up the room <laughs> <laughs>
0: oh man
2: <laughs> and then the rest is history
0: the rest is history <laughs> it's a it's a good story it's a good story yeah Ah, man. <laughs> I still have those bed sheets. Actually, funnily oh, enough, really? yeah, yeah. I, I didn't bring them with me to college this time when I packed. this <laughs> still at home. But uh, somebody at college, he came up to me and asked, "Hey, can I have the bed sheets?" I was like, "What do you want them for?" And he goes, "Well, I don't have bed sheets I'm like, <laughs> Why do you want these ones?" And I said, mm-hmm. "No, they've got as much as they scar- They've scarred me. They have sentimental, nostalgic value now, so I need to keep them." So. Nice been burdened with these bedsheets that I can never get rid of. <laughs> it's alright. It's alright. It's a it's a curse with no disguise. There's no blessing in there. <laughs> anyway, so there we go, a little insight back into the minion story. But let's yeah. get into the rest of the podcast. And what I wanted to look at was some other reasons as to why people leave God. We looked at three main ones in the sermon, mm. but there were some that I thought of that uh, I thought maybe didn't quite fit as well with the other ones or um We're a little bit more self-explanatory, but you could go deeper, but I just didn't have the time to go in-depth. So, uh, of the three, or three, four-ish reasons, I think the fourth point will count as one. We'll count this as number one, nonetheless, and that is a lack of trust. Hmm. Uh, Think about this. Uh, When you are hurt repeatedly by a number of people in your life, whether that's family or friends, what is the natural reaction to that?
1: Well, I mean, if it's, if it's someone that you, like, if it's someone that you do trust, like mm. family members or, or close friends, your immediate reaction is, like, you don't know how to react, right? Yeah. I yeah, think yeah, at yeah. first, you're either, you know, you either get really angry or, or whatever, you might react emotionally, but really you don't know what's going on because mm. you're like, your brain's like, whoa, hang on, we trusted that person. And that, that can break that pretty, yeah, pretty drastically, I think.
0: And so let's say that there's a repeated amount of incidents like this, and each time the trust that you once had is being violated, mm. what would, do you think would be the eventual result? I mean, what do you think would be the eventual result of uh, that continued breach of trust?
2: I guess you would eventually start to have trust issues, wouldn't you? You would just stop having those trusting relationships altogether. Yeah. you afraid of getting hurt, yeah.
0: Exactly, and the one of the common ways that I think most people, I think a lot of people do this, it's not uncommon, uh, is that we put up boundaries around ourselves. Because mm. mm. uh, we go, all right, every time I let someone in, I get hurt. So it's better for me to just put up these walls and not let anyone in. Uh, mm. Now, uh, I've I got to be careful here because I'm, I'm no expert <laughs> on uh, this subject. But uh, there is necessity, for healthy boundaries every person needs to have boundaries mm. um, but you can also have unhealthy boundaries where like to the point where you no longer allow anyone into your life mm. um, and yeah that, that, that isolation isn't healthy uh, mentally, physically, spiritually it's not good uh, and so what we can do sometimes is we get this mindset where we've created these, ba- these uh, walls to block out people and so uh, we often then go okay, well, why would I trust God? And so a lot of people actually have great issues trusting God. Now, uh, one of the common ways is we call God Father all the time, right? Mm, mm. But a lot of people grow up with maybe absent fathers or abusive fathers. And so when somebody gets up at the front of church and says, uh, our Heavenly Father, they immediately have trust issues with this Father figure Mm, uh, mm. because of previous experience. As soon as they hear the word Father, what goes up? Boom, the walls are up. Um, and so a lot of the time this just not wanting to be hurt can happen uh, a- and we push God away because we're afraid of what he might actually do to us mm. which is a very interesting mentality um, but what I want to do is uh, look at Ephesians 5:25 because just like all the other reasons for why we uh, push God away in push God away from our lives this reason is also... Unjustified. Ephesians chapter 5 and verse 25. And Mitchell, can you read that for us when you get there? Yep.
1: I'm on my way. All right. Verse 25? Yep. Husbands, love your wives just as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for her.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh, and then in verse 28 and 29 it says, So husbands ought to love their own wives as their own bodies. He who loves his wife loves himself. But no one ever hated his own flesh, but nourishes and cherishes, cherishes it just as the Lord does the church. So here Paul is giving a, a, a mandate to how husbands are to treat their wives. He says, hmm. uh, treat them with respect, care for them, um, and don't do anything negative. Uh, or Don't do anything harmful to them. Because he says, basically, okay, when you and your wife uh, become married, you become one flesh, right? Hmm. So he says, you wouldn't do anything to hurt your own flesh. So don't do anything to hurt your wife. But then he also draws this comparison, this parallel, and he says, in the same way that uh, you love your wife, use the way that Jesus loves his people as a model. Mm. Use that Mm. as your model for how to take care of your wife. Uh, And so we know that Jesus would never do anything
1: to hurt or harm us. Mm. That's what Mm. we read here. Um, Paul says, don't hurt uh, your wife. Well, well, in in verse 30, it says, we are members of his body. His flesh and his bones, right? Like, when do you ever want to hurt your own Mm. body? Yeah, never. Flesh and bones, right? So, like, if if we're part of Jesus' body, then he's not really wanting to hurt us. He's wanting to build us. Mm. Mm -hmm.
0: And, um, yeah, so there there you have this idea that you can trust God because he's literally the one person who is never going to do anything to abuse your trust. Mm. Like, Mm -hmm. uh, family and friends, no matter how close even accidentally, may uh, do something to hurt you. I think we end up hurting someone in our lives, you know. Um, It's just a consequence of being sinful. But God is the one person who is never going to do that to you. Uh, And then, Mitchell,
1: could you read for us Matthew 7, verse 11? If you then, being evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father, who is in heaven, give good things to those who ask him?
0: Mm. And so uh, that kind of is addressing the topic of the earthly father versus heavenly father thing. Mm. Here we're told that God is only going to give you good things. He's only got your best interests in mind and as a result of that he's not going to betray uh, your trust. Mm. Um, Now uh, one other thing that I found interesting just while we're talking about boundaries um, is what is an appropriate way to maintain boundaries? Because we want to not be in isolation because that's unhealthy. We don't want to uh be intimately close to every single person we know otherwise we'll be uh the the term is uh, fusion where you're just inextricably connected to someone in an unhealthy way. Um and having no boundaries and full um interaction with people just leads to absolute chaos.
1: Mm.
0: So really a good intimate relationship uh or just like good relationships in general consists of both connections as well as appropriate boundaries. Mm. Uh, And so what I think is a good verse to uh, explain that is Matthew 10, verse 16. And Jesus says, Behold, I send you out as sheep in the midst of wolves. Therefore, be wise as serpents and harmless as doves. I think that's a really good mentality to have because if you let everyone in, you're being a bit too naive. But if you push everybody out, you're being a bit too cold and uh, reserved. Whereas if you're both harmless and wise at the same time, I think that allows you to have proper and good boundaries. It's
2: very, very balanced, isn't it? Very balanced counsel. I like it,
0: yeah. Yeah, oh, I love that verse. All right, so uh, number one was lack of trust. Number two is loving the world. Uh, Jesse, could you read out for us 2 Timothy 4 and verse 10? And this is our second reason as to why people run away from God.
2: So 2 Timothy 4.10. Yep. For, De- for Demas has forsaken me, having loved this present world, and has departed for Thessalonica, Crescens for Galatia, Titus for Dem- Dalmatia.
0: Mm. So, yeah. yeah, Paul's talking about somebody who left the faith, because he loved the world,
2: the present world,
0: mm. um, and it's a big reason why lots of people, um, yeah, just leave. Uh, think about the, the number of um, youth who leave the church. Mm. Actually, mm-hmm. uh, before uh, even loving the world, actually, the primary reason uh, why people, why young people leave the church is uh, they they don't find authenticity in their homes. Or in other words, mm. um, their parents or father figures don't match up with the way that God wants them to. Mm. So, they, sorry, that's just a link back to lack like of trust. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, that's a huge reason for why so many young people leave our church today, because the world presents so much good stuff, and yeah, people fall for it. Yeah, it's enticing. And, and the, yeah. the, the funny thing is, Satan hasn't had to come up with anything new. He just... Mm-hmm. Gives the exact same thing repackaged every time. And every generation, people, uh, the elders of the generation will say, don't do this. This is what happens. This is where it will lead. It's a bad thing. And then, for some reason, each new generation thinks they're going to be exempt from the rule. So that they can
1: do X sin <laughs> and still be good. It's just like, ah. <laughs> oh, and, and the real, the real problem is, like as you're saying, it's a it's a diffusive thing where one person so let's say a father you know they they don't follow God in every way maybe they follow God at church and then they go home and they don't mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. they through that through that behavior they're having an impact on their children right and so the same can be said for every member of a church family because a church is a, a big family mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. if 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 we say to the church we want you to change the way you're living and be more like Jesus and then every member in the church says oh, I'll wait for this guy to do it, or I'll wait for the <laughs> yeah. other guys to do it before I... I I'm not going to change myself. We never change, and that's, yeah. you know... I think this, this ties back into a, a previous um, episode of the After Sermon podcast. Oh, yes, which are you referring to? <laughs> I, I can't remember the name, Christopher, but I remember it. Was <laughs> a, it, was, it was about uh, the crowd. You know, people follow the crowd, and they expect the rest oh. of the crowd to do things for them.
2: The Innocent Bystander? That's the a,
1: one. Uh, ah, yes, yeah. yes. Ah, The Diffusion of Responsibility. That's the one. Yeah. Yes, yes, yes. Um, and, and it's like that, you know, basically the, the answer is, if you feel like everyone else should change something, then you better change it yourself.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Mm. Um, just, you know, start with one person. That's a pretty good place to start.
2: Oh, Gandhi had a good quote in that, didn't he? Be the change you want to see in the world. Yeah. And I think, yeah, pretty much like that.
0: Eh? Michael Jackson? <clears throat> You want to make the world a better place? <laughs> you know what? I think I literally made the exact same joke in that in the last podcast. I have... I've already made that lame Michael Jackson <laughs> joke before. It's not it's even true. a joke. All right. All right. <laughs> Let's move on. Uh, in 1 John 12 and verse 15, here's yeah. what John... 1
1: John chapter 2 verses 12 to 15. Oh, yeah.
0: Sorry. There is no chapter 12. Sorry. You'd be very lost if you're looking for that. Uh, yes. Chapter 2 verse 12. Uh, John writes... I write to you, little children, because your sins are forgiven you for his name's sake. I write to you, fathers, because you have known him who is from the beginning. That's a lot of preamble. Let's get down to business. (laughs) Sorry, uh, I'll cut this out. Uh, So let's move on to 1 John chapter 2 and beginning in verse 15. And here's what John says to the church. He says, do not love the world or the things in the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. Well, and let's just stop there for a second. Mm. We, we can look at, mm. we can, let's break down the other verses later. That is some intense language. Mm. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. Mm. Oof, hmm. That is heavy. Uh, John is clearly creating a dichotomy here. Yeah. There are two hmm. sides to this you 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 give your allegiance to one uh, to one side
1: you are either in the world or you are either in god's kingdom i tell you what's nice about it though like yeah it's it's intense and it's like it's almost damning you know um but it's simple and like that's what's awesome yeah. about god is he's just so simple because that's what we need as humans mm-hmm. we need sort of a yes or a no option and this is what that is it's like you know, you follow God or you follow the world. There's no in-between. Because yeah. if there wasn't in-between, how hard would it be to walk on that tightrope, mm. you know?
2: The gray area, yeah. <clears throat>
1: um,
0: and so then moving on in verse 16, it says, For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes and the pride of life, is not of the Father, but is of the world. And again, these are just the same things that Satan keeps repackaging the exact same product, just with a different, slightly different brand for whatever time he's in. Mm. Mm. Um, and think about that. Okay, so Paul, uh, Paul John says, you love the world, you do not love God. And then he gives an, a list of examples of things that classify as loving the world. So if someone is indulging in lust of flesh, the eyes, and pride of life, John is saying that must mean, what do I mean? John is saying that that must mean
1: they do not have the love of the Father in them. Mm-hmm. Um, well, these are the three things that Jesus was tempted with, right? Mm-hmm. So these... The wilderness. Yeah, these things these things encompass sin. It's basically... I, I think it's just saying all that is in the world is sin.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah,
0: yeah. <laughs> <coughs>
1: mm.
0: yeah it's a pretty good summary overall of what sin looks like. Uh, and then in verse 17, John kind of shows the futility of Loving the world, because he says, the world's passing away. <laughs> He's like, why would you invest in this? This is a bad investment. <laughs> uh, he says, and, and the last of it.
1: Unless you work in a funeral home or something. Oh my gosh. We're going to cut this out. <laughs> <laughs> we'll it was see. a fine joke. It's a fine joke. I, I approve of this joke. All right, let's leave this whole segment in. I like it. <laughs> All no, right. we're cutting it out. Perfect.
0: And he says, uh, but then he says, but he who does the will of God abides forever. I like that. That is cool. Mm. Um, yeah, and so a lot of the time people will stop fighting uh, that fight with God because it's easier to fall for the allure of the flesh and the eyes and the pride of life. Um, but we're told to continue on, to persevere, and to love God as opposed to the things of the world. Mm.
2: Mm. Oh, just, just a thought. It's interesting. All these things are very tangible. They're they're visible, aren't they? They're physical. Mm. You can see them. You can taste them. You can touch them. But yeah, yeah. as as Paul, oh, as uh, John said, they're all passing away. And uh, yeah. I read a quote recently. Oh, I think yeah, something like that. But it said, as humans, we are so. It's so easy to just get caught up in what we see in front of us, uh, the world mm. we see, and it's very hard for us to see things that we can't see and i guess in a sense i don't know maybe that's what john is trying to get here we're always caught up in the things around us i think it it's important as christians we take the time to think about the things that we can't see and to, mm. yeah to think about the father who is yeah who is god we can't see him but yeah we need to think about him more and yeah i don't know just like that's mm. an awesome
1: point that's an awesome point man like it's it's like that's why god's invisible it's like you know, we he asks us to trust in the invisible because he doesn't want to give us another taste, another sight to enjoy, you know. He wants us to trust in something simple, something that isn't flashy and and mm. you know worldly. He just wants to give us something that is just bare basics, pure mm. and, and love.
2: I know the clearer our spiritual vision vision is, the one we see God, but the the physical things that we can see sort of fade away. Yeah, um, yeah. Which is interesting, isn't it?
0: <clears throat> and that fits perfectly into the main message of what paul's talking about in second corinthians um there's these apostles within his church who keep trying to say that paul isn't a good apostle because he's not rich he's not wealthy and he suffers persecution mm-hmm. so externally or on a physical side tangible it looks like paul's a complete failure mm-hmm. but paul says you guys have l- missed the whole point. Mm. The point isn't what's going on on the outside. It's what's happening internally, inside. Mm. Um, and I think the, the best verse that exemplifies this is in chapter 4 and verse 7. He says, But we have this treasure in earthen vessels, that the excellence of the power of God may be of God and not of us. So think of, you know, like a little jar. It's boring, it's bland, you can buy it cheap. Mm. But inside of it, it's got this treasure and it works the same way with us. Externally, people may look at us and just go, oh, well, they don't really get to have a lot of fun. Mm. You know, they're not doing all the... They're not indulging in all these things that we read about in First John. Oh, it's really sucky to live a life following God. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But internally, they, 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 they've missed the thing which is internal, which is of eternal uh, relevance. Mm. Um, and as John said before, the things externally, all these... Uh, sins, they pass away. But the gift of salvation that we possess and the indwelling of the Holy Spirit that we, that we possess internally is eternal. Mm. So oh, I think that's really cool. Um, and I think, it's, I think it's cool as well. Um, I've heard this quote before. Uh, for the listeners at home, there was this man called Daniel uh, who was taken into exile into Babylon, a pagan nation. Uh, and it, it said Daniel was in Babylon, but Babylon wasn't in Daniel. Hmm. So even though Daniel was living in the kingdom of a pagan god full of sin, even though he's living in an enemy nation, the enemy didn't come into his heart. And uh, that's referring physically uh, to the invading nation and spiritually the enemy uh, working in that place. And like if we look around our world today, We are very much on enemy territory. Mm. You really don't have to look far. You can just turn on the TV, and within like five minutes, probably even less, you'll find something immoral, something that's really just kind of gross and sinful. You don't have to look far to realize that we're in enemy grounds. Um, And so our real test is making sure that though we are in this world, Mm. the world is not in us. Um, and I think if we understand that, we'll have a better chance of continuing our fight with God, because it's good to know your enemy, and it's good to know uh, what you're up against so that you don't slowly as well, so you don't slowly compromise to the point where you've given up fighting. Mm-hmm. You don't make those small little steps of, oh, I just want in here, a little there, and the next thing you know, you've stopped fighting, and you've let go of your blessing, you've mm-hmm. let go of your inheritance. Mm-hmm. Uh, And then the the third and final reason for why so many people decide to give up on God is that they mistake knowledge of God for a relationship with God. Hmm. Um, Think about uh, the Pharisees, right? The Pharisees, they knew everything there was to know about the law. They could uh, quote their scripture inside out, back to front. Hmm. And they did all the right rituals. They'd say all the right prayers. But Jesus says to them, he rips into them, he says, you guys are whitewashed tombs. Oh,
2: hmm. it's perfectly,
0: didn't even mean for this. Um, <laughs> he says, on the outside, externally, you guys look great. Mm-hmm. But inside, you're full of dead worms. You're gross. There's nothing of value inside of you. Mm. You're spiritually dead. It's that, uh, that pattern again of it's not the external, it's internal. Mm. Um, and I know that I personally uh, did this for a while in my life. I mistook knowledge of God for a relationship with God Mm. Um, and it wasn't even because I didn't want one Uh, if you haven't picked up the pattern yet I'm just a bit of a lazy person (laughs) which is uh, again why for me the trap I often fall into is just getting a bit bored of the routine Uh, having a discipline to do routines is uh, admittedly a struggle for me Um, and so investing in a relationship takes a lot of time and effort Mm. so I was just like well you know I know all about God so I'm fine, right? But had no relationship with God purely because of my own just laziness, really. Um, I don't know. Have you guys ever found that you've done the same, mistaking a knowledge of God for a relationship with God?
2: Mm. I think growing up in the church, it's very easy to do that Mm. to some extent. Because, like, from the moment, like, yeah you're you're born essentially like you're hearing about the stories about the bible and about god and about jesus which is really good but yeah like the culture we live in it's it's very a knowledge-based culture so you just you just assume that just because you're learning all this stuff about the bible that that's that's what it's all about and you don't really yeah. think about any yeah what more there is to it but yeah i i definitely agree
1: yeah no go for it and like similarly with me like i as you know we all grew up in the church um and, you know, we were taught about God in Sabbath school and we occasionally, for me at least, occasionally read the Bible and, um, mm. you know, family worships and all that sort of stuff. And so you, you knew about God. And, and for me, I was, I never thought that that was a relationship. I, I, I sometimes thought, you know, is this all there is to it? Mm. And, and I often actually said this to my parents a few times. It's like, I, I, I envy people that are new to the church new to faith, because mm. they always yeah. seem so excited, you know? Mm. They always seem so excited to find this new thing that they've never had before. And and I'm like, I said this to my parents, I was like, I, w- I kind of wish I had that because, you know, I, I don't feel excited. I don't feel anything about this. It's just, you know, out of life, I guess. Mm-hmm. And, like, through all the processes that God went through to bring me to Him, it's like, you know, you can have that no matter where you come from. You, you can have that relationship because you just got to have your eyes open to who he is and and Mm. the reality of him being your father.
2: Mm.
0: Yeah, that's powerful. Um, I like what Paul writes in Romans chapter 2. Jesse, do you want to read out for us verses 21 through to 24 in that chapter?
2: Yes, I can. You, therefore, who teach another, do not teach yourself. You who preach that a man should not steal, do you steal? You who say, do not commit, commit adultery, do you commit adultery? You who abhor idols, do you rob temples? You who make your boast in the law, do you dishonor God through breaking the law? For the name of God is blasphemed among the Gentiles because of you, as it is written.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm.
0: So here he's speaking to the Pharisees and he goes, you keep telling the Gentiles or the non-Jewish people, Oh look at these people, they, they commit adultery in Paul's just says be quiet you guys do the exact same or he says you preach do not steal and she goes you guys steal all the time um and i think the main reason was they go we have a knowledge of god because if you read the first two chapters it's all about uh having knowledge of god's revelation so the pharisees are all going the jewish people in general here uh they're just going Haha, we have this knowledge of god so we know what's right paul's like yeah, knowing what's right is very different from doing what's right. Mm. He says, you guys aren't acti- actually practically applying anything that you know, and so mm. you've basically squandered uh, the knowledge that you have
1: of God. And it's like, it's like hidden sin versus exposed sin. Mm. The Pharisees were very big on their exposing of the sin of others, you know? And what Paul's saying here is, like, just take a look at yourself, guys, you know? And um, everyone's guilty of this. Like, I'm guilty of this. Everyone's guilty mm. of this. We we're so good often at looking at other people and saying, you're so sinful. But we neglect... Maybe it's not the same sin we have, but maybe it's, you know, it's even mentioned under the same commandment. It's just a different form of that sin Mm -hmm. that we hold within our Mm hearts, you know? It's like, uh, get this blank out of your own eye before the speck in your friends. Yeah, exactly, yeah. Mm. Yep. And, And, like, external sin is better in a way than internal sin because mm. external sin is so easy to you know like everyone can see it so the, the sinner can just give it to god like it's nothing but internal sin it's like oh, i've got to hide this exactly you know? because
2: nobody else knows so yeah
1: yeah exactly you know god does god know
2: like mm. yeah as we yeah. said before he knows he, he, <laughs> he knows what's up yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah. so uh, awesome uh, oh just a, oh yeah just, uh, oh yeah sure just another thought um jumping off what you said mitch it's, I think sometimes it's easy, um, like the Pharisees, Jesus called them whitewashed tombs, but yeah, I think as Christians, sometimes it's really easy to fall into the trap, uh, and just really anyone, to work on our outward appearance, but not our inward appearance. Mm. Yeah, so we work on those, like you said, those external sins, the ones that people can see, and we work really, really hard on those, but we neglect those inward ones. That really yeah. are the heart of the issue, but only God can see.
1: <laughs> and and the other the other thing is like along that line, sometimes it isn't even deliberate. Mm. Sometimes it isn't like a deliberate sinful action that we work on external sin and yeah. hide internal sin. It's just
2: natural to sometimes us. Yeah,
1: it, yeah, exactly. It's like you, you get you know rut and you don't see what's going on. Mm. Like, you know, you, you point out other people's sins constantly, and and you at the same time you're building this like festering ulcer of sin inside yourself and you can't get help.
2: Mm.
1: You can't help that. And, and it just, it can destroy a person, you know, it can mm. destroy character. Because, mm. and so therefore, I'd say that people that, you know, don't appear sinful can be some of the most sinful people mm. and need some of the most help. Mm. Yeah, well, I yeah. think the Pharisees were a perfect example. Yeah, exactly. Think, yeah.
0: Um, interestingly, uh, Peter says in 1 Peter 3, verse 3, now this is, He's specifically addressing women in this uh, passage, but I think you can apply the principle in general to the Christian faith. It mm. says, Do not let your adornment be merely outward. I love that already. Outward. Outward. Putting <laughs> into the theme perfectly. Yeah. Arranging the hair, wearing gold, or putting on fine apparel. Rather, let it be the hidden person of the heart, mm. the internal, with the un- incorruptible beauty. Incorruptible is interesting as well because... Yeah. Um, 1 Corinthians 15, incorruptible is used to indicate immortality or eternity. And so, again, this inside you have eternity, right? Um, you have that promise of salvation, your inheritance, if you will. Mm. Um, yes, yeah, so he says, with the incorruptible beauty of a gentle and quiet spirit, which is very precious in the sight of God. Mm. Uh, and yeah, that is a principle that we can all apply that the external really doesn't matter. Mm. It's what's internally, what is happening, what is your character, or how is your relationship with God the internal, private, hidden things, which are of the greater importance. Mm.
2: I love that... Um, I, sorry? Oh, no. Uh, I was just going to say, I love that incorruptible beauty as well, because I just picture an aging person, especially for a Christian. The beauty on the outside fades, you, you grow wrinkles, you grow old. But for a Christian who is developing inwardly, you're blossoming like a flower, and you're just growing, mm. growing a more beautiful. <laughs> it's like yeah, that's a cool analogy. That's yeah, that's what I see. So no, I love that verse as well.
1: That's awesome. Um, and and yeah, so the this lines up with those things like, um, the idea that we can get caught up in in you know worrying about the external, worrying about the outward stuff, and as Jesse was saying, you know, like as you get older, mm. it, it's like you can't control the the, the outward stuff. Deteriorates. Mm. But what's really cool about you know what you said is that like you can remember that God sees the inside, and you know God sees this as you said blossoming Christian, mm. and, and, um, and
2: that's the only thing that's going to last forever as well. I mean, yeah, yeah. exactly. Sorry. And, and,
1: and along that line, you know, like it, this is a a walk on this earth. If we're walking with God, it doesn't end.
2: Mm. So like
1: the work we're putting in now is only building on the work that we're going to put in later when we're in heaven with God. Mm. Like that's, that's such a cool thing that like it isn't like you know we work here to try and reach a threshold <laughs> at which we get to heaven. Yeah. It's yeah. like we start working here right now because this is a work that begins now and continues all through eternity. Mm-hmm. Yeah. This is such a valuable work right now in the same way that all of eternity will be valuable. Mm. Um. Yeah, and so the story. This is the story that came to mind: is the story of um, you know Mary and Martha, when Jesus was visiting them, hmm. and um, uh, Martha was in the kitchen, you know, preparing food and doing all the stuff that she thought she needed to do because this is this is part of serving and being a good person. And she like she wasn't wrong, and I, I like Jesus would have seen why she was doing it and he would have appreciated it. Hmm. But what he was like, but Mary got it. You know, she was at Jesus' feet, for the spiritual food, you know, for, mm. for the internal. And and Martha, as I said, you know, Jesus Jesus understood. Martha was doing her best. Martha was doing what she thought was good. But the problem with that was she couldn't see where she was going wrong. Like, she got so caught up in, in the works and all that, that she missed the relationship. Um, and through that, she actually got, you know, she got frustrated with Mary that <laughs> Mary wasn't doing the works too, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And like that's that's such a good analogy for our walk with God as Christians, mm-hmm. is that sometimes we get caught up in the works. And because we're caught up in the mm-hmm. works, we look at those that aren't doing the works and we get angry at them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or yeah. frustrated. And and like <laughs> we can get caught up in the wrong stuff. And we're not doing we're not deliberately sinning. Like, it's not like mm. we deserve reprimand or whatever. It's it's just that we're confused.
2: We're a bit yeah. lost. Focus a bit confused. A bit, yeah. Yeah. yeah,
1: we we need to be redirected. And um, yeah, I think that's a cool story because it mm. it shows that just because we're stuck on the external, as pretty much all humans are, mm. no matter like even even if you're like real close to God, you can still be a bit a bit stuck on the external. Mm. But even if you're stuck on the external, God doesn't you know condemn you. Mm. He just looks at you and he can see we're a bit caught up and he intends to change that
0: mm. that's a really good analogy i like that story It fits perfectly yeah, into what we're talking about okay so in summary the three main other reasons uh, actually let's do all six so the three reasons given in the sermon were unworthiness fear and boredom and the three reasons that we looked in depth at today were a lack of trust loving the world and mistaking a knowledge of god for a relationship with God. And as we've seen with all of these reasons, they are not justifiable excuses to ending your relationship with God. Instead, we need to persevere every day, mm. fight that spiritual battle mm. until we can come face to face with God and finally get our blessing, our inheritance.
1: Mm. Um so Christopher, mm-hmm. do you have any recommended readings? I do, but this recommended reading isn't going to be for all of our listeners. Oh, oh wow. I'm going to be... Is it just for me? Is it just for Jesse? Because that doesn't make any sense. Because <laughs> <laughs> we're doing a, pu- a podcast to the public here, man. And we need to give recommended <laughs> readings to the listeners, not those involved in making the podcast.
0: Well, I want to give I'll it to all those in the uh, elite exclusive brethren, those who externally look very... <laughs> um, yeah. all right. That's, so That's me, boys. <laughs> <laughs> sure, sure, sure. Um, what I'm going to recommend is a uh, lecture by... Uh, Dr. Jordan Peterson, called Mm. uh, Wrestling with Jacob. Now, uh, you've probably heard of Jordan Peterson. He's pretty uh, notable on YouTube. Uh, And he's a very intelligent, very smart man. Uh, But the reason I am giving it with a caveat is this. Uh, He is a psychologist, not a theologian. Uh, First and foremost, his study is in figuring out the human mind, not figuring out how the bible works mm. um and so when he goes he's done an entire bible series um on deconstructing the bible from a psychological view mm. and it's very interesting uh but you will find that a lot of the times he does contradict good theology because again he's not a theologian or a lot of times he just doesn't have a quite an in-depth knowledge of god and his character and will uh, mistake a lot of things and um I'd be particularly wary of. He's a big fan of uh, another psychologist, Carl Jung, um, who's some of his ideas are all right, but a lot of them are a bit in the deep, uh, off in uh, some faraway fairyland. <laughs> um, so the reason I'm uh, giving this is, I think there are some good things that you can bring out from it, but it will take an incredible amount of discernment to be able to filter through the stuff which is not theologically sound. Mm-hmm. Um, so I would recommend this uh, for those of you who uh, maybe a bit more be a bit more advanced in your spiritual journey or a bit more advanced in your faith, and perhaps just want to test your brain out <laughs> to see, uh, listen to a, listen to a, a presentation that's about like fifty percent good and fifty percent trash, <laughs> and sort out and filter through which is which. And uh, I, I strongly encourage pray for the Holy Spirit. Uh, before listening to it, to help you discern that. Ask for God to give you the wisdom to go through that. Hmm. And I think you'll find it to be a very profitable exercise uh, because a lot of the time we do dismiss uh, other people outside of the church, Hmm. but there's a lot of stuff we can learn from very clever people outside the church. Hmm. But because they're missing that theological uh, understanding, they will sometimes say stuff that doesn't quite match up. So I think it's a good idea to uh, yeah, if you want wrestle with your faith in that way and Um, work through that so I would recommend Jordan Pearson's lecture Jacob Wrestling with God since it's relevant to what we're talking about today uh, and filter through find the good dismiss the bad and yeah hopefully be a profitable
1: exercise for you listeners at home Mm, very cool Mm. alright Jesse so where can people find you if they're interested in learning more about you or hearing more of what you've got to say
2: you can find me right here in the After 7 podcast or my YouTube channel simply Jesse Marks and Christopher, where can people find you?
0: The listeners at home can find me here fortnightly on the After Seven podcast as well as writing some articles. If you want to uh, see what my writing style is like, I'd say it's not half bad. Um, you can look on the Mighty Warriors website and you'll find a stack of articles written by me in a variety of different topics that I think you'll find quite interesting. Well, thank you so much for joining us on the podcast, all of you listeners at home. Make sure, remember, you can listen to us on iTunes, SoundCloud, Podbean, basically anywhere. Go check out the Mighty Warriors website. It's a great resource for all sorts of good stuff, and you'll definitely be blessed by reading all the different things that our uh, crew has come up with here. Make sure to come back next week for another episode of the Averson Podcast. And with that said, have a good one, and good, good night. night.